Hey everyone, Jake the Podcast Guy here. If you caught the episode 181 live show on the Real Rap with Reynolds YouTube channel, you might have noticed we were experiencing some technical difficulties last Sunday. So for this week's podcast episode, it will be shorter due to editing out all the audio issues. Thank you for understanding. Now, onto the episode. Hey guys, Jake the Podcast Guy here, and welcome to Sunday Night Teacher Talk on Teacher Class Off Radio, where CJ Reynolds answers your questions live and in real time. You can participate in the show every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Real Rapper Reynolds YouTube channel. If you missed the live show, don't worry. Each episode is uploaded the following Monday to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can also join our Facebook group to communicate with other educators from around the world. Now, on to the episode. Oh, they said yes. Okay, it's working. Audio, great. Okay. All right, perfect. All right, so, all right, let's. Whitney Rogers gets the longest answer of the entire thing. It took thirty minutes to answer this question. So, List had, was like, just had a beautiful classroom. She made these curtains in her room, and she had like these cool light fixtures that she made um, that were like uh, IKEA bulbs. But then she made the lampshades for them out of something cool and like. Her shelves in her room were really neat and they were organized and they were all labeled. She had this label maker and she label made everything. Um, she would come to my room trying to label make things. And I was like, yo, girl, that's not, that's not how I do. Um, I'm like, I do duct tape with permanent marker on it. So it's my aesthetic. Label makers are very cool. I would love them. I know. I could see it in your face. You're like, oh. Um, she had a cricket and she would cricket things. And so when doing that kind of stuff, that was that led lent to her abilities me i like building stuff right so i started building stuff in my room so i thought well, i could do bookshelves or i could do floating bookshelves i could do um bookshelves but what if i put like fronts on them so if you look at the books near my tree in my classroom they'll have plywood fronts which ties into the theme of the rest of the room which is like this kind of like plywood industrial look and then i put um lights behind them that i just bought from amazon so everything was illuminated and so the idea was to try cr to create a room that kids want to be in. So that could be like, I, I, I started switching things over time. Like instead of just having posters on the wall, I put posters in frames because posters that you have to take down and put up every year, uh, they have 97 holes in the corner and just look sloppy. And then they've been rolled up all summer and I got to unroll them and they don't look as nice and neat as they once did. Put them in frames, just take the frame off the wall and they never get messed up, right? So it was little things over time where I would look at my room not as this big giant project that I had to finish right now, but that a project that I would keep working into. So um, I, I think it's though, thinking about things like, what is the lighting like in your room? Is it super bright? Do you have to have it that bright? Do you have windows? Like, can you turn the lights down? So we don't use the big lights in my room ever because I want that to create a vibe. I have music on in my classroom all the time. I, pay, or I bought really good speakers for my room so that I had good speakers because I didn't want to use the crappy school ones that were connected to my computer. I wanted like bumping speakers in my room. Um, I go and buy Glade plugins every year and I get seasonal scents for them. So in the fall, it smells like apple pie and uh, vanilla and, and fall, right? And then during the winter time, there's a different smell. In the spring, there's a different smell. So it's doing stuff like that. And then it's, I think, School supplies for classrooms are so outrageously expensive. And for, let's say, seventh, eighth grade and up, especially high school, they don't make anything for those classrooms. So if you go to like Lakeshore Learning, it's a lot of elementary stuff. So I just decided to start making my own stuff. That's why I started drawing on my walls with chalk. That's why 
Um, I started putting my own sayings on my wall. That's why I started finding books that I liked and framed them, framed the, the book covers and started doing things like that because I felt like it made a better space that was that my high school kids could identify with and wasn't this elementary school looking room for my high school students. Uh, so those are some of the things over time that I just kind of like, like moved into, but um, it makes all the difference. Kids really like being in my room all the time. They're constantly in there. The guys that I taught before love coming back and then they miss it. Kids I taught that have graduated to come back like to come back and just be in the room again. And, and in, I've had kids come back there like, I've seen to be in your energy for a little while. I just need to be back Aww. in your classroom. And uh, so it really does make a huge difference, but it's, it's looking at small things you can do over time. Um, most of the crap in my room I got from like thrift stores. So there's like a high-end thrift store in Philly called Jinx. And like behind my desk, all these little suitcases and different boxes and things that I have all came from, it was like weird crap that I just went and bought because it kind of looks like, um, I'm, think, I'm forgetting his style. name. Yeah, like, I'm forgetting his name. I don't know. Sorry. I forget. But I'm pushing into the next question. It. Do it. Let's go. All right, Neil. Neil is waiting. He is asking. I just provided an assessment to my students and they tanked, forty percent average. I'm planning to retest students and reteach. The test is from the curriculum, but it is not reflective of lessons focus. Advice? Um, that last part threw me. The test is from the curriculum, but not reflective of lesson, lessons focused. So if I'm getting this right, the test was kind of given to you. It's already in the curriculum, but it doesn't reflect the lessons that you've been teaching, which would lead, I mean, if that's correct, then that could be the reason why the kids aren't doing well on it. Um, you know, a test should just show mastery of whatever it is that you've been learning. So, um, and look, there's two ways that that could go. It's either, it's either the kid's fault, right? Which like, but I think too many teachers put it on the kids. Sometimes it's our fault. Sometimes I look at a vocab quiz or, or a test that we have on a, on something and I'm like, yeah, maybe I just didn't do that good of a job. Maybe I, maybe I need to go back and look at what I was doing to do that. And that, that takes some humbling, right? Cause that's a shot to your ego sometimes. But um, I think it's a good idea to like go back. I think it's important to talk to kids about the test. It's, it might be important to talk to kids about, hey, look, um, average percent is a 40%, right? Like, or average score is a 40%. What, what happened? Um, if you were going to do it again, what, what would need to change? And you have to really push on that because some kids will be like, I just didn't study, or they'll just like, it's just some kind of like blow you off answer. So I think it's important to sit down with kids to talk about why is this even important? Why are we taking this test? What's, what's the importance behind this? Why is what we're learning important? Um, how are ways that you learn? How can we better do things in a way in which you're going to learn them? So like, is my teaching style not syncing up with your learning style? What ways would you do better? Should we make things fun, interactive? Uh, group work should you would you rather do stuff like on your own and and you need that um, to help you so it's about trying to figure out how your students learn looking at the test is like this is where we're getting to like it's a like a physical fitness test but look I mean if you're gonna if the marathon is the test we do marathon we learn marathons to do well in a marathon by running right there's other um, sort of like cross 
a training that you have to do to be able to like stay strong and not wear your body out in the same way every day. But like, um, it's, you know, maybe there's mini tests that get us to the big test. Maybe it's learning how kids study or, or, or absorb information in a better way so that they can show mastery when they get there. So like, you're really toning it into like what actually works for students. But, um, that's a couple of, you know, I, this would be a really good one, Neil, to like, if I knew what had happened, what the lesson was, what was going on there, that would probably help me answer this question better. But from the, from this, that's kind of where I'm going. I'm curious as to if anyone else in the comment section has a uh, question. So Neil is on here, his profile. Oh, I don't know if they can see each other's profile pictures. Probably not, right? That's probably not useful oh, when I say that. What you see on that oh, do they? So uh, if you see on the screen now, um, if you can find Neil and you have some information for him or some ways that like maybe this happened to you and what you did and how you found success, uh, that would be awesome. Yeah, I see people responded to him in cool. the comments for sure. All right, Luke is up next and is asking, applied for a ninth grade ELA position for fall, interview process including teaching a sample lesson. I'm thinking of teaching a poem slash leading a group annotation. Advice on how to spice up the lesson. Uh, so that's a great, that's a great question. So, you know, Neil, when I think of what do people want to see in Luke. Luke, what did I say, Neil? Neil. That was the last person. I'm my bad. My bad, Luke. Uh, so what do people want to see in a sample lesson? Um, you want to try to hit a lot of, look, a sample lesson is not even indicative of how you would do a typical lesson. What I feel like is like um, a typical lesson is any album from any band, right? It's the really strong songs, it's the slow songs, it's upbeat, it's introspective, it's whatever it is, right? But the sample lesson is kind of like the concert, right? We're going to put all the greatest hits on one thing. So we're going to try and hit a whole lot of different points in many ways to show what we're capable of, right? That's how I think of, of a mini lesson. I think it's also important to tell people on the front end, here's what I'm going for. This is what I'm going to try and show you that I can do. And then on the back end, this is what this would look like if it was a five-week lesson or how I might change this going forward or whatever. Um, it might be interesting, I, I think, if, if I was going to do this, to reach out to whoever you're doing the lesson for and to try and get as much information on the students as possible. Is there anything the kids are really into right now that I should know about? Is there anything they really struggle with? Is there any kind of work like how does how, how are they with, are they group work people? Are they solo work people? Are they interactive people? Can we leave the classroom? Do we have to stay in the classroom? Like, what does that look like? Uh, I wouldn't leave the classroom, but like, that's a little bit much. Um, but uh, it's trying to, to find out what they know and then using some of that in your lesson. And then pointing that like, hey, well, you said, you know, students do really well with this, or they have a strong interest in this. And here's how we're going to, here's how I incorporated that into what I was doing. Just shows like students have like a, a, a say, or they have like that you're paying attention and you're trying to help them be represented in what you're doing. Um, so it's, you know, when I did my last sample lesson, which was a long time ago, but um, I did, what did we focus on? Inferences. And I started the class by doing charades, uh, but group charades. So the kids got up and there was like five kids to a group and then we held up a number of cards. You had 60 seconds to get as many right as you could. And then the kids had to act something out while one student sat down and had to guess 
what it was that they were doing. Um, then we did a small thing on, like I talked about what inferences were. We watched a really short Pixar video. I still do this lesson now, but like we did watch a really short Pixar video. It was about five minutes long. And we had a class, conference. kids wrote down some inferences. We had a, a conversation around like what inferences were and what that looked like, things of that nature. Then we read a story together, made inferences based on the story. And then I told like, hey, if we came back in tomorrow, here's how this would happen. Um, so I think it's, it's, for me, it's like having students represented in what you're doing. It's trying to do some level of group work. It's trying to do some level of student choice in there That's, that goes really far. It's um, pacing yourself, asking questions and waiting a second before you answer. You don't wanna just answer real quick, like just cause you're nervous and you feel like it's been a long time knowing that kids are processing things. It's when kids are potentially being classroom management issues, even if it's not a really egregious thing, walking over and redirecting students, uh, not calling on the same kids all the time, not calling on the same three kids that have their hand up all the time, but calling on someone else. Um, but it's, look, I think overall, um, you know, it, it's, knowing that you only have a small amount of time to do a really great thing. And then it's, I think, being able to explain what you were doing and explain how this would move going forward. Uh, and everyone, know, look, everyone knows you're nervous. Everyone knows that you, that this is nerve wracking. Everyone knows that this is not indicative of like what your whole class would look like over a year. It's you're giving them a sampling of things that you're, that you're doing. All right. Um, next is it's only angel and there's couple parts. So let's start Got part it. one. Reynolds, you're a mad lad. Last week you said my woo-woo uh, something formation. The, oh, reticular activating system. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> How are you supposed to sell that? Um, would get me a job. Then Tuesday I got a cold email invite to interview, did it Friday, and I'm back for demo lesson Thursday. I don't want to be cocky, but I take a lot of your advice and feel confident about an offer. The school seems good, but it's my first interview ever. If I get it, how will I know if it's if it's the right fit? That's it. All right. You said there was a lot of advice. So. I, I think sure that's it. it. <laughs> Look at Angel. He's over here. He's being a manifester. You know what I mean? Yes. He's making things happen. Um, I, you know, when we went out last Sunday, like, we went out and after we had that conversation about like looking for what it is that you want and expecting it to show up yeah. i remember whatever store we went to um we pulled right up and there was like the, it was like the first part of the so my parking spots have to be in the oh. first three i'm not parking beyond three. Oh my gosh i i meant to tell i meant to send you a picture uh text but i must have forgotten i went to the mall the cherry home mall with uh the kids and i got the second parking spot yeah. i was like oh look at right because we always go we all go first three it's gotta be in the first three always. we're not parking otherwise you know whatever um so so i just i love that so much because it really works if you go to the interview one of the things angel you have to think about is that um is you're interviewing the school also does this feel like a place you want to be? Not just a place that's gonna give you a job, right? And, and look, I get that, right? I get like when you just need a job, when you feel like maybe you live in a neighborhood where there's not that many opportunities and like um, this is a good commute for you and, and whatever. But if you have the ability to, to have some say, to have some choice in this, not feel like this is what's given to me, so this is what I'm gonna take, it's so important to 
feel out whether or not this feels like a place that's right to you. How do y'all feel about teacher autonomy? Where are we with that? What are the, do you, what's your 401k situation? Do you match what people give? Um, what is the expectation for teachers uh, outside of school hours and on weekends? What is the expectation for teachers on, over the summer? What is the, ex, like how many preps do you have? Like, so how many different classes are you teaching? How many periods a day are you teaching? Um, are there other duties involved besides teaching? Like, are, like, so if I have a prep, am I also doing lunch duty? If I have off at the end of the day, do I get to leave at 3.20 at the end of the day or do I have to do bus duty or safety corridors or whatever? Um, what does a typical day look like for a teacher here? What time do you have to be in? How, many, how often do we have meetings? When are trainings? What a PD look like? It's asking things that you want to know. And I think that puts you on offense instead of defense too. And so it's, it's asking those sorts of questions and then answering them to the best of your ability and really being honest. Don't give answers that are not about who you are, right? And I think it's also conveying, like, you know, one of the first things I tell my students every year, every single year, the first day of school is how much I love my job and how thrilled I am that you're here. Like, I'm actually excited that you're going to be in my class. This is going to be awesome. And I love doing this work. So. I, I think going into a teaching interview, you might think that they already know that, right? Or they just want to know, like they might seem a little cold or they're not that warm or inviting. It's like, listen, before you all even start, I'm just so, thank you so much for having me today. I think your school's wonderful and I've seen these things in the news or on the internet and like, this is a great place. I'm excited to even have this conversation with you because I love this work. I'm so excited to like, that I get the honor to work with young people and help you know, them grow into the kind of human being that they're, that they're meant to be. And so, so like, I, I'm, you know, before we even get started, I just want you to know that, um, that changes the whole vibe to like, Hey, how are you? Oh, so, uh, uh you know, from Philadelphia, oh, you're, you're an Eagles fan. Oh yeah. I love Eagles. Um, and th like that kind of regular conversations, like, no, let's start this off on fire. Cause I'm stoked to be here and it's going to be awesome. And I hope that this works out because I would love to be a part of your community here. And so I think that that's it. And then look, I've said this a hundred times, write a note, handwritten, no matter if you have sloppy handwriting or not, when you leave, chuck that thing in the closest mailbox. It's already written. There's already a stamp on it. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate your time. I had a really wonderful experience. That's going to push you to the top of their list um, in at least, and maybe that you're not the greatest ca candidate, but you're the most memorable candidate because you actually took time to write something that means something. And then it's going to, it's going to make your name stand out. All right. Our next question comes from Hannah. She's asking, interested to hear what your year looks like. I'm in UK teaching years seven to 11 and we have one term novel, one term Shakespeare, one term poetry, one nonfiction, et cetera. Does it work like that in the U S? So Hannah, up until now, I have been, uh, had complete autonomy in the classroom, but mainly like there was a group of books I could pick from. There were other books I could bring in. And so my, my books have changed over the years, but, um, it is, and then that is changing, right? Uh, next year we're going to our school that the school that I'm at now, part of the reason I'm leaving is that, uh, they're going to scripted lesson plans. They're having a third party create a pacing guide for them. And that pacing guide, I am so certain, will not be mindful of my kids that are on extremely low reading levels and, and, uh, and abilities that, uh, that are different from the average 
high school students. So like kids that have a lot of learning differences and things of that nature. Um, so that's that's part of the reason I'm 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 not staying. But up until now, um, we read the every every unit I I make five weeks, right? I feel like it's a good amount of time to get through something. It gets me until this year we had uh, trimesters, so there are three trimesters, so I could fit like two five week uh, lesson, two five week units in. So we would read the Odyssey first five weeks. That also took a little bit longer because we did oral tradition and we did ghost stories. And then we would do Shakespeare, which was uh, freshman read Merchant of Venice. That was another five weeks. And then we would talk a little bit about hip hop and music in there too, because kids get so caught up in like, why does Shakespeare have to talk like that? And I say, well, in 500 years, if you think anybody's going to have any idea what Snoop was talking about uh, in the 2000s, you're mistaken. Um, so then we do um, a number of different units. Um, so then there's like, uh, we do Lord of the Flies, we do Fahrenheit 451, we do a graphic novel called Persepolis, we do um, a poetry unit, but it's basically, it's me and my department looking at all the things on the common core, all the things on the curriculum that we're supposed to get through and then figuring out the best way for our students to reach those needs. So we are able to pick books, poems, um, you know, and, and any other like secondary text that are going to be inclusive of who our students are and then teach in a way that is going to help our students be the most successful. So that's in a nutshell what that has kind of looked like over the last decade or so. Uh, but like I said, now they're moving to strictly a textbook um, that is the most dry, boring, painful looking crap that I've ever seen in my life. I'm looking through it. It was like, I teach all black boys. Um, and so the fact that the book we're they're moving towards has one Obama speech in it and then like one other black author and that's it. It's not inclusive of damn near anybody else in the classroom. So it's like, and one of the things, two, I saw two things in it. One story was about manatees. And I always make jokes about manatees because I remember they came up on the test one time. The kids were like, what the hell is a manatee? And I was like, bro, it's a sea cow. And they're like, what? Cows don't live in the sea? What's a sea cow? It was like, it's outside, like, we don't have manatees in Philadelphia. Um, and the other one was like, uh, how the red fox grew. And it was really like a story about like this little girl that lived in the country. And I'm like, this is, this already, like, you lost them. They just see the title and you, they go, well, this, nope, this I'm This is done. stuff that makes kids hate learning it is everything that it, yes it's so exactly that, what like, it is kills creativity yeah. learning and look if i had to do that terrible. side note um if i if that was my school and that and i couldn't get around it i would just find ways to bring it up make it come alive i would just like not do it exactly i would throw their pacing guide in the garbage i would meet my kids where they are and i would start incorporating things like that they might be interested in that um help some of those texts come alive or use secondary materials that are going to help it come alive, stuff like that. All right. Next question is coming from Jess uh, asking, this is my third year. I haven't had any formal evaluations. Admin pops in or I invite them <laughs> to special things. Positive feedback. Is there any downside to not being evaluated? Yes. Uh, so look, Jess, it, it could go either way. The I used to get observed when I taught in Camden, New Jersey. There was a man that would show up um, that he didn't know. He didn't know me. There was no pre-observation. There was no post-observation. Well, there was a post-observation, but I'll talk about that in a second. 
he would come into my classroom and sit there on his computer and he looked like he was doing stuff, but I never saw him look up. I never saw him look at the students. I never saw him like kind of look around and I would always get knocked for the same stuff. But so one time he came in, I went back to my desk. Like I forgot something. I had just grabbed something and my man was on Amazon. So then I went back. I just kept making it a point to go back there and I could just peek at his computer screen. And he was always like working on something else, doing something else. He wasn't present and in the moment. And then my feedback would be like, uh, you didn't have any student work displayed in your classroom. And this is the year that I had my whole room looked like Romeo and Juliet set. Um, and I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? The kids, the kids made the classroom. You have to have papers up with kids' grades on it. What? I'm come again? Why is that? Why is that important? Well, it's in the it's in the doc, it's in the document. It says it's on one of the things I got to check off. To, you have student work on the walls, and I'm like, bro, what? So that observation is total nonsense. It didn't help me grow in the least. Um, but then when I moved to West Philly, I had my my principal at the time, Dr. Tennant, greatest principal I've ever met in my whole I've ever worked with rather in my whole life. Um, Dr. Tennant gave the most thorough observation I've ever gotten. Like Reynolds engaged with kids in this way. This student was doing this and Reynolds addressed it in this particular way. Um, class started off like this. They moved into this. They, he knew every single thing I did. It was like literally reading a transcript of, of what took place in the classroom that day. And so one, that was just great because it mirrored what I was doing. And I was able to look at it and read it in, in a way that I trusted him. It was like, damn, this is incredible. And then we had a post observation where he was like, look, I have some questions. Not, I'm not even saying you're wrong. I just noticed this, 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 and this. And then we had a conversation about, is there a better way that you can do this? What about doing it this way? I saw that this child wasn't engaged. What's going on there? And it was, it was an observation that was meant with curiosity instead of like, someone telling me what I did and didn't do right. That to me, and it was tied to student learning, not to objectives and just the curriculum and all the nonsense I've been observed about this year. It was tied to actual student growth and learning and, and my growth and learning. When you have someone that observes you like that, it's really helps you grow as an educator because who else is coming in and doing that? Who else is coming in and telling you what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, what you could be doing more efficiently? Um, you, I think we need that just in life, right? That's why business coaches are real. That's why all this stuff is real. That's like, and when we do mentoring, I mean, uh, for folks that don't know, we do. you can go right to realrobertthereynolds.com. You can sign up for personal mentoring calls with me. And you know, our goal is to help teachers be the teachers they're called to be. So it's like looking at what you're doing, looking at how you can shift those things um, or sometimes it's just acknowledging that what you're doing is you're on track right you're not seeing the the fruit of your labor yet but know that you're doing the right things keep moving forward with that and you'll keep growing and changing and, and all of that so um I, I think that those are those are definitely the the benefits but if you have someone that sucks then it's worthless anyway I'm glad that you're being left alone yeah yeah it's like all right good <laughs> um all right our next question comes from Ann Wilson. We have a preschooler who has hurt teachers and students and throws furniture. The director refuses to address it, blames the teacher, and the parents won't respond to the teacher. Any suggestions? Um, 
the director is that the principal probably yeah like whoever's in charge or it could be director of special services or something like that too um it's a great question i'm sitting with this for a moment because i'm really thinking how i have had to navigate so this year I don't have anyone that's violent, but it's, it's hard when you're dealing with a preschooler though, also, right? When you're dealing with a preschooler that's acting like this, there's clearly, there's a reason children just don't just behave like this, but yeah. it's hard without a parent. You need a parent to write in the way special education works. You need the parent to write into child study team or the teacher or the school to request uh, services or an evaluation um, to start. I don't, the teacher can't request it and the teacher through legally can't really tell the parent like hey you should request services you know so it's really hard when you have it's like the hands are really tied in this what do you do um for a preschooler right yeah yeah i know i know that's the tricky part because it's high school you know i'd go to like i gotta work with my team we're gonna come up with a plan of of action for this even as a preschooler i don't know if there's like someone that can help if there are like so I have Meeks in the hallway, right? Like my man Meeks, like I can just text him. He comes onto my room, he handles stuff. I don't know if preschool has that, if that's a resource that they have. Um, but, you know, the other thing I'm, I'm concerned about is that, you know, the concern is not just for that young person that's having the tantrums and acting out. It's for the other kids in the classroom as well, right? So like what's going on in their lives? Uh, to be real honest, I think sometimes there's, there's, Nothing you can do in your classroom, and if those other avenues aren't working, I just find that the squeaky wheel gets the oil, and it's it is it's writing all the emails, and if that doesn't work, it's going to the next person, and the next person, and the next person, and it's all comes and when and if you catch flack for that, which I've gotten before, I was gonna say that's so hard. Look at like in our school district, yep. we've had teachers who stood up or pushed for students or whatever, and they were completely retaliated with, like, again, yeah. by the school. So when a Brody, was a Brody's teacher, or Marley's teacher, um, went to oh, a, a board meeting, teacher. and the new board superintendent teacher. was there, who was lunatic, and, um, like, for real. Like, I don't, I, I'm not throwing that around lately, folks. I'm not just talking, like, derogatory terms or trying to, this guy was, he was unhinged. So, um he she got up and spoke and it was very eloquent was very it's what she said was so respectful and smart and she's just educated and knew what she was talking about and she had been with a co-teacher for i don't know a dozen years and they moved her to a class in a nut took her to another school in the district put her in a class that was like all the kids that they pulled, like all the kids that had real behavioral issues, they sho- used to shove them in this one room with um with a power that would sleep in the back. And like that became her new class. And you know what? I bet she even crushed that class. Well, Jeez. she did. She, like I talked about it and she said, that he thought that that would ruin her, but she said, I already had, those are previous students because she moved up yeah. in school. So she's like, I've had all of these students from elementary. She goes, and I loved them all in the relationship. She goes, this is no sweat for me. It was an easy pivot for her, but regardless, it still happened. Yeah. The fact that that even happens in schools is crazy. But I think when you write about those things, when you contact folks about it, when you move up the chain of command, what you're doing is you're making it about kids. This isn't, I'm having a problem with a kid. This isn't working. Like it is really documenting everything. 
It is being very clear that what I'm trying to find is success for this child that's having a very hard time in, in this class to find success. And then being open to suggestions. So what you're doing is being curious. I'm wondering what we're doing to meet the needs of this child. I do this all the time. I piss everybody off. Um, but you know what? Like, it, it's something that needs to be done sometimes. Um, I'm wondering if there are other um, preschool teachers that are in this group or in the Facebook group or in your school that can help you speak to some of this as well so that you are not doing it alone. You're getting advice, feedback, information from people that are in the same like oh, they're so dealing with kids like that too can as help I'm as well. Scrolling through comments, I saw something she said: no guidance counselors and no union. It's a daycare center. Oh, so that really puts you in a different position. Yeah, it, it gives you. I mean, you're a daycare center. Essentially, it's going to come down to I feel like you're the child's just not a safety and they're a safety hazard and they like they boot people for that because it's a daycare. So there's no. It's not like a school where yeah. like, you are, you, they have to go there, right? A daycare is a different, I, at least it, that's how I think of a daycare. I don't, I'm not sure in this scenario. So are there even different. services that exist right. for something like that? Um, you know, I, th I, I, it's I, just a hard scenario. And look, I don't know who's running that place, but it really becomes a conversation as to like, there's all this stigma around like removing children from school or kicking kids out or things like that. But it's really a conversation, I think, sometimes around, like, is this the best place for your child, right? We right. want to put your kid in a place where they're going to get their needs met. And our school, for instance, just doesn't meet the needs of every, of every school. No school does, not for every single child. Um, so it's where can we, what class, what teacher, what environment, like, what, where can we help you to be so that you're getting all the best stuff that you can get? And so... I have someone, there was a couple of things in the comments. Someone, uh, Trish said, you know, having maybe the preschool teacher could invite the parents into the classroom so they can observe. Ooh, that's, that's a great, great one, but it's hard if you're, if their parents aren't participating. Yeah, or if they're working, um, right? If you're dropping them off yeah. so you can work. Yeah. Someone also said you could do reflections, like what's taking place before the child loses it, transitions, like what's causing him to get upset. Really just having someone observe and detail probably a report to see how you can mitigate some of those yeah. like flare ups. I would say that there's, I have a strong feeling something else is going on with that yeah, young person. And sure. so you're acting out and when you don't have the tools to know how to safely deal with the thoughts and feelings that you're having, then you act out. And if those parents aren't educated enough either to know how to help their child do that, that can make you feel like a crappy parent too, right? Or you feel someone's coming at you or, or speaking yeah, at your parenting. Yeah, there's so much. There, there's a really, lot of stuff there. There's only so much you're able to do, it sounds like, and like the, in, in your position, unfortunately. Because yeah. you need parent support and there's a lot happening. Yeah. Yeah, best of luck. Yeah, I, I just, look, I, I go to the Facebook group too and ask the same question or if there's anyone here that can connect with you, that could be a good resource for you as well. But like, um, it's, it's one of the, it's not every once in a while, there's a question that's really heartbreaking and difficult, but without all the context, it yeah. just makes it difficult. But look, let me say this to you real quick, Anne. Um, it, it is a Sunday afternoon. And I just think that it, it can't be overstated that like folks that show up on here at, you know, it's 2 p.m. Eastern time, you could be doing a thousand other things, but instead, you're trying to figure out what's best for someone that's young, 
trying to be there, like, like the, you are a hero if you are spending your free time on the weekend talking to some stranger in New Jersey about how to help a kid in your class, right? That that shows that you're like you're a di you're you're cut from a different cloth. You're a different type of person that does that. And I just think that like I, I just want you to know that I just think that folks that are doing that, folks like you are are heroes like you're really doing important work and really trying um don't let that fall short like just because we don't meet the need of every kid just because we don't always get it right um just makes us like everybody else but like the fact that you're going above and beyond i think that's just wonderful and i i, I love that all right our next question we'll take one more um comes from Miss L. She's asking how to tell a student who does great creative experimentation but is not following the brief at all are for art projects and won't take feedback forward in the in the something. Who does that remind you of? Our daughter. Oh my gosh. Yes. Our daughter, I have oh my gosh. I can't even tell you how many millions of kits and art kits and art Tons. like things, everything, everything I've ever bought. I don't buy any of them anymore. They're half done because she hates following the directions she hates tits she's but she is great at creative experimentation as you say i'd say this you know miss l there is a really there's a ted talk that i love um that if you look up on youtube embrace the shake and it's a it's a ted talk that i talk about in my book um whereas there's this artist that and th this is where my head went immediately and i'll wrap around as to why i'm talking about this there's an artist uh, named Phil Hansen, and Phil Hansen had uh, a shake in his hand. His hand constantly shook. He had permanent nerve diamonds in his hand, but he was an artist that um, his main thing was pointillism. So it's making all these little dots that create a whole image. And through this process, what, what he found was that when we hold on to our limitations, instead of just doing whatever we want or whatever we can, it can make us far more creative. And so I think maybe having your student watching like that, talking about something like that, where it's like, I see where you're going and what you want to do, but sometimes we grow by having uh, limitations purposefully put on us, right? Like, like teachers that teach at inner city schools that have damn near no funding, no resources, the stuff people come out with is unbelievable, right? Like it's just, it's, Un, it's magical is what it is because they are able to make something from nothing. Um, Jay-Z says that when New York City schools took music out of the classrooms, that the folks in his community looked to the one thing in the, that made music in the house, which is the record player, and they turned it into an instrument when all their instruments were taken away. So I think that sometimes, you know, one of the things I even talked to my daughter about is like, what if you didn't just have, what if you had to do this how can you make this project and you only have these resources how can you make something like whatever it is that y'all are doing and well, i'm going to put these limitations on you let's see if you can do because that I, I mean part of me you know and I, I wouldn't call myself an artist but part of me thinks that like part of being an artist is being able to get those ingredients look at these handful of tools look at these handful of materials and how am i going to make something out of this um so i think there's some of that there but it's like i think the biggest thing to me uh but that stands out in this is the not being able to take feedback um just to throw it in there it's yeah. like a grade 12 students yeah so right so like you're 12 really important you're in 12th grade 
This is the time in your life where you are learning the pushback, right? You are finding who you are. You're finding out what you're about. And maybe there's a level of confidence and maybe there's a level of ego in there too, because you are, you've, you've had some success. You're pretty good at drawing. I'll need, I'll need you. I don't need to hear from you. I need to take, I, it's like when I grew up and well, there were kids that like, wouldn't take I, lessons. I can create something even better. Yeah. I taught myself how to play drums. I need lessons. And it's like, I took lessons my whole life. Uh, I don't think I'm better. Like I had someone to bounce ideas off of, someone to help me with my technique, someone to help me like go further to listen to music I wouldn't normally listen to. Uh, it expanded my horizon. There's, there's something to that, right? Um, but so, you know, I think that it's finding a different way to connect with that student so that you're pushing them, shifting them, changing them, helping them grow, but you have to make that attractive um, so that they're seeing that what they're doing is actually getting better. Um, so I think maybe it's, maybe this is about you too, Miss L. Maybe this is about you looking at the curriculum, looking at the projects and figuring out, all right, what can I do for this kid that would be difficult, that would stretch them, that I could critique them on, that they wouldn't be able to do this on their own. Like they, they would have to get help to do this, or they'd have to go, like they'd have to stretch themselves to be able to do this. Um, I think it's, I think it's, it is a task that is uh, for you as well as the, as the art teacher and coming out of that space to figure out what are you going to do with that? And I know that's your question. I know that's what you're kind of you're leaning to that, like what you're looking for. Um, I think the other thing is getting to know that child. Where are they coming from? What kind of art do they want to do? Where do they want to go? Like, so like, if you want to be an artist, what kind of artist do you want to be? And then like, what do you need to become? What kind of tools, traits, tactics, tips, tricks? Like, what do you need to learn to be able to be that person? Because um, to get into college, you're going to need to have uh, like, a body of work that looks like this. You're going to need to have some of this in there and some of this in there. And then when you get to college, you're going to ask you to do what we're doing here where you're given an assignment and asked to do it. Don't just show up and do whatever you want, right? If this is what you're doing in college or if this is what you're doing for a client, if you're creating work for a client, like you're going to need to be able to follow certain parameters. That's what we're doing here, but we're doing this in a safe space right now. So I think it's sometimes attaching what they're doing, thinking, feeling, going through to the bigger picture and then pulling that like connecting the two helps kids realize that like th all right this is actually applicable to my life now we done yes it's two two ten i know but we we got off tomorrow so that's why i was just oh, going gosh. strong uh you really want more so questions? i'll do let's do Other one more question are not off tomorrow. Let, let me say this uh we can do one I more plus we had all that messed up stuff in the beginning um let's do one more but i want to say to folks too um look as the summer is coming up Schools are already planning for next year. If your school is interested in um, in speakers, please, uh, you can direct them right to realrapidreynolds.com. I'd love to be able to come and speak with your school to do professional development, to do workshops with them, things of that nature. Uh, our book is also for sale on amazon.com uh, or at uh, teacherclassoff.com. You can get our books and if you buy them for your whole school, then it's actually, they give you like a pretty significant discount on the cost that would have for the book. So, um, and if you're really struggling, um, mentoring is available. If you go to realrapidreynolds.com, you can click right on the thing that says mentoring. You can sign up for a phone call or a series of phone calls. I do them all the time with people. It's really, really lovely because I get that we get to really dive deep on what's happening. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it works. Oh, 
we're waiting for a question. I'm waiting for you. Um, someone did just say, someone, I, I'll read a comment, said, oh, Reynolds, I saw your treehouse dream come to life in another classroom. It was a donated kid's bed bunk. The top turned into an area for the students to read or work. My students are are so tall that they would be like, "What is this? It's like well, a high seat?" It's kind of like um, Marley's, is what I'm imagining. No, but if Marley you have like if you have like younger kids, uh, dude, age. that's that's such a great idea. We need an elementary school teacher. Dude, really can really you imagine what my classroom would look like? No, and you would just be so weird in your classroom. Gosh, it would, kids would love you, but I don't know if I have the energy anymore to teach elementary. I think you have to have like insane yes. energy. I don't think you have enough. I like that we're just having a conversation online. Well, yeah, that's really um, good. I, I don't think you have enough organizational skills for that. It's so many, you're teaching all the subjects, right? But that's when you know you're, you got to know yourself, right? But if you're with a co-teacher, if I'm with- What if you're all by yourself in that class? Kayla that I co-teach co with now, she, if Kayla and I were in there, she's, she'd be great. All right, that's fine. All right, gang. Well, that, that was our, our post-show uh, analysis right there of, of what I would be like if I, I was an elementary school mind. teacher. But look, I hope everyone has a really wonderful week. Um, we will not be on next Sunday because it is Easter and we're going to be spending time with our family. Um, but who knows? Maybe I sneak a show in there Saturday. I don't know. Maybe we think something else or we just take, we just take the week off. I do know. All right. Who knows what's happening? But we won't be on next Sunday because it is Easter Sunday. Uh, so we'll be spending time with the family and stuff like that. But I hope everyone, look, if it's spring break, I hope you have a really great week. If it's not spring break, build in some time for yourself. Love yourself. Fill yourself back up. Go out with some friends, listen to some music, go to a concert, go bowling. Whatever brings you energy. Yeah, bowling brings you energy. And it also will give you athletes what sometimes you got wear those shoes that other people wore. Um, right? All right. But Marley's showing us the class. It's 216. It's time to get off. All right, gang. We will see you next, uh, not next week, the following week after that. Peace.